Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is called Actions. Here we go. If your proof is in your actions, then it's quite obvious to see that you aren't thinking of me and I'm not one of your priorities. Why do I put up with your mess? Am I missing something? You don't deserve another chance. You've got me feeling empty. You've been ignoring my calls, my text messages, and my voicemails too. You won't hold a decent conversation and you keep wanting me to forgive you. Man, I really hate this life. I can't even remember what I first saw in you. So why am I lying to myself? There is no us and your actions prove it. So my actions will be to simply walk away. Please just lose my number. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. So normally, for those of you that have listened to my episodes on various occasions, I would read a letter to my future hubby at the end of the episode. But today, I just kind of wanted to go ahead and talk to my future hubby now. So we're gonna do something a little different. Today's date is June the 22nd of 2022. Here we go. Dear future hubby, I forgive you. I know our past most likely haven't even crossed yet. However, as I go through the nuances of life, I have come to realize that there is no perfect human being on the face of this planet. And if I ever desire to truly meet you in my future, that I must be willing to forgive you now. There will be times that you and I will not see eye to eye. We must agree to disagree. There will be times where we will get into heated arguments because I'm trying to express my perspective, you're trying to express your perspective, and both of us are trying to be right. I forgive you for the times that I know that even in your best efforts, you're going to hurt my feelings. Not intentionally, but just because you are simply being a human being. I forgive you because there will be times that my feelings are the very last thing that you are considering. Although you may tell me that my feelings are always a priority. I forgive you because selfishness is just inevitable. Not because you are 
trying to be selfish, but because our journey is going to be like no other that you have ever experienced. I forgive you because there's going to be times that my actions trigger you and you will react in such a way. I forgive you because there will be expectations that I place before you that I expect you to meet, but I've never conveyed. I forgive you because this is something that although we both desire is going to take a lot of work, not just work. It's going to take a lot of hard work if we intend to make it work at all. I forgive you. I forgive you for every ill intent. I forgive you for every unspoken word that could potentially have an effect on me. I forgive you forever, for every judgment. I forgive you for every argument where you had to have the last say <laughs> or where I had to have the last say. Somebody's going to want to have the last say. <laughs> I forgive you. I forgive you. I want to practice that now because I understand that although you will be the perfect man for me, you in no way, form or fashion are going to be a perfect man. I understand and I am not going to be a perfect woman, although I will be the perfect woman for you. In that, I hope and I pray that, <clears throat> excuse me, forgiveness continues to have a place in both of our hearts. Because there will be times that even on our best days, we will offend each other. And that is something that I have just come to realize. I'm not looking forward to that part, but I know that no day is perfect. I know that no season is perfect and that in marriage, there will be seasons. But... I hope and I pray that in those seasons that we never lose sight of the love that we have for each other. I hope and I pray that it will remain unconditional. And I hope and I pray that we build what we have on a solid foundation. God being the center of our relationship and of our lives collaboratively and individually. I forgive you and I forgive myself for all of the times that I may hold a grudge against you for an alt that I have with you. I forgive myself for all of the nights that I may attempt to go to bed angry. However, I pray that we will not allow that to be our norm. I pray that you and I never go to bed angry. 
I forgive myself for perfection being the goal. I understand I will not be the perfect wife. (coughs) Excuse me. Although I will be perfect for you. I understand that there will be times that I may be triggered. I understand that there will be times that my feelings may get hurt. I decree the victory over the enemy and my thoughts and my words. I pray that I edify you more than I ever say anything crazy to you. (laughs) Oh, Lord, please just let my words build up and not tear down on a continual basis. But in those moments that I speak before I think, I forgive myself. I pray that there are more moments where I think before I speak. I pray that there are more moments that I pray without ceasing. I pray that there are more moments where I am quick to forgive and not to hold a grudge. I pray that there are more moments that I am quick to listen rather than speak. I pray that when you speak of me as your wife, that your chest gets a little bit bigger and that your head is held a little bit higher because you are proud to be my husband. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all are having a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. If you're wondering why it is that I opted this time to read the letter in the beginning instead of in the end is because it was heavy on my heart and I was truly, 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 truly (laughs) trying not to forgive. I mean, look at me. I'm talking about forgiveness this whole time, y'all. Now to said it again, but I was trying not to forget to talk about forgiveness. And so the only way that I would be able to convey, and I don't even feel like I got all of it out, but in my heart, what I was trying to convey is that I, I need to understand that to ask and pray for a spouse, that there's no perfect human being on this planet. And that I don't get so caught up in a person's deficiencies that I lose sight of their blessings and how it is that they bless me. Because one thing that I've noticed is that anytime that we get angry or we get disappointed or we get upset with someone, um, what I notice is that we're quick to spew out all of the negative and we forget the positive. And but when you start to truly count up the cost, it's a strong chance, not all the time, but sometimes that you may start to realize that there was more positive or there is more positive than there is or was negative. And so one of the things, one of my favorite scriptures, I don't have it memorized, but one of my favorite scriptures is to think on those things that are pure, of virtue, that be of good report, that be praiseworthy, um, to think on those things. And I try to make that a habit, but I don't always make a hundred. And so 
I was having a conversation with someone and I asked a question of this individual. And the question was, what have you learned by being in a relationship with me? And the reason why I asked that question is because, and I don't think I've ever expressed, I don't think I've ever expressed this to many people. So I'm about to say it loud and proud. One of my objectives, one of my goals when it comes to relationships for me is that I hope that people are better because of knowing me in some way, form, or fashion. Even if you have a negative experience with me, I hope that it makes you better. I hope that it teaches you who not to deal with, what personalities not to, not to deal with, what attitudes not to cope with. And if you have a good experience with me, I hope it teaches you what to look for in a genuine friendship. So whether positive or negative, I try, I really try more geared toward the positive, but you know, you can't have everybody liking you. That's just not a reality. But so my whole thing has always been, let my relationships be enriched because of this person meeting me and getting to know me. Let them walk away from the relationship and they have grown because of the relationship, because of what I contributed to that relationship. And that is literally one of my objectives. That's one of my goals. I just want whomever it is to be better because they knew me. And so, and I want to, you know, learn something from their, from the relationship of knowing them. And so, um, in that, I asked that question because I don't think a lot of times when we are in relationships that we take time out to do personal inventory. And ever since I've started this journey of shadow work and self-reflection and all of that, um, I have been willing to confront my past. I have been willing to ask those questions that a lot of people don't like to ask. Why did we break up? Why did we end? What was it about me that caused you to leave? Did I cause you to leave? What was I asked those questions? And I have asked those questions in different scenarios because I want to become the best version of myself that I can possibly be. If at all possible, I want to reach my fullest capacity. So in order to be able to do that, you got to be able to dig deep. You may not like the answers that you get, but the information is vital, in my opinion. So when I ask the question, what have you learned from being in a relationship with me? One of the answers was that you love unconditionally. And I do. I do. So I take my friendships and I take my relationships with family and friends very, very seriously. 
So whenever I am betrayed on any level, my response is very, very serious. How I react is very, very serious because I take those relationships to heart. While I was in conversation, <laughs> I guess the atmosphere was just, you know, the universe was hearing me and I, I looked at my phone and someone else. And for those of you that are very, this is, this is my PSA announcement. For those of you that are very, very sensitive and you don't like to hear any type of profanity or anything of the sort, I would suggest for the next three minutes, you close your ears or you go ahead and exit stage left because I am about to be completely transparent and share. And so if you are sensitive, so, 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 so sensitive, that's your prerogative. That's your business, like Tabitha Brown says. However, <laughs> I'm about to share the words of someone else who shared these words with me. And I am not going to filter them. Okay, so here we go. So as I was having a conversation with one person, I received something else from another. And this came from my child. So... <laughs> For those of you that don't know, one of my children calls me molasses. <laughs> that is his nickname for me. And he is so serious about it. And he calls me molasses because he says his mama is slow doing everything. So when he used to live with me, <laughs> when he used to live with me. <laughs> every time that he'd be like, mama, we got to go here. Or we got to go there. I would take, okay, I would give y'all a prime example. So <laughs> he would be like, mom, okay, we got to go to the store, right? And I would tell him, okay, but any time that I would say, okay, I'd have to get up, go find the perfect outfit, go put on my makeup, make sure everything is tight and right, shoes, everything, got him everything, just the whole night, head to toe. So he could have told me that 45 minutes ago. <laughs> His mama was going to be taking her precious time to get herself together before she stepped foot outside of that door. So he started calling me molasses or whenever we would be in my uh, vehicle. Anytime that we would be in the vehicle and he would be like, OK, mom, um, are we going to we're getting out? And I literally I don't know where I get this from because this just started happening the older that I've gotten. Y'all, I could be in a parking lot knowing that all I got to do is go get some milk. But I will sit in that parking lot for 20 minutes to get my brain wrapped around the fact that I'm about to go into the store and have to deal with all these people. I believe that that just started manifesting. But according to him, that's why he calls me molasses because I take all day. <laughs> so this is how he started the message to me. He said, hey, molasses, I love you. And I'm sorry for all the times during childhood where I was an asshole and was cruel to you. I truly didn't know any better. Even those times where I actually did, he put did in all caps, know better and chose to act like an asshole. I'm even more apologetic for those times too. Times too. Nothing's wrong. 
I'm just reflecting. And I responded by saying, oh, thank you so much, son. I needed this with a whole bunch of, you know, blowing kiss emojis. I apologize for being such an asshole at times, too. I sent him hugs, smiles, heart faces, all of that good stuff. And that was that. But while I was having one conversation with one person, I was being someone was apologizing to me on another level. But just like I needed to hear that from this individual and didn't know it at the time, but it came at the perfect time. I believe he needed to hear that all the times that we weren't seeing eye to eye because he had his perspective and I had mine, that I apologize for being just as difficult in those times. Because a lot of times, if we're honest with ourselves, we're not at a level of maturity to be able to acknowledge when we err. And what I am learning about relationships is that it's not just about when things are going great. It's about how we handle things when they're not so great. How do we react to disappointment? How do we react to betrayal? How do we be, react to the, the feeling or the sense of betrayal? How do we react to an argument? Do we bounce back or do we carry that over into the next day and then the next day and then the next day and then it piles up? Next thing you know, you're bitter, you're disgusted, you don't want to be in that person's presence. You, all of these things, instead of being quick to forgive, how do we respond? Because all of that says a lot about what's happening to us internally. It's okay to be angry. Even the Bible says be angry, but do not sin. That's the operative part. But do not sin. There have been many a times. I'm not going to say no names because it's a lot of people that know me. There have been times that there have been people that have truly offended me. True, I'm talking about truly to the core, to the core, to the depths of my being. And I've had to find it within myself to swallow whatever you call pride, to set that anger, that bitterness, that resentment aside and to be like, you know what? Tomorrow is not promised to neither one of us. Let me take the high road and at least be cordial. I don't have to like how this person talks to me. I don't have to like how this person treats me. I may only be in this person's presence for 15 minutes, but while I'm in their presence for 15 minutes, I'm not going to make them feel lesser than. I am going to do my best to edify them, even if it means just acknowledging their presence. And it's not always easy. Trust me when I tell you that it is not always easy, but I believe that even those tests, those mild tests are an indication of whether or not we are truly doing the shadow work within ourselves to become better people. I am learning that the older that I'm getting, 
that it is I am more quick to forgive than I used to. See, the old version of me could hold a grudge and not talk to someone for six months to a year, maybe indefinitely. The old version of me, even if the person forgot why it was that I was mad at them, I never forgot. But what I started to realize is that that was not really doing me any service. It wasn't making me a better person. In fact, it was doing the opposite. It was making me a bitter person. And it showed in my attitude and it showed in my behavior. And not many people wanted to be around me. Actually, to be honest with you, they said I was scary. And so and they said I was non-approachable. I didn't like that narrative. So I changed the way that I responded to people, even when they offended me. Forgiveness is key. And we don't always want to forgive people. Trust me. Oh, my God. We don't. But. I've heard people say it's not for the other person. It's not for the offender. It's for you. And in a lot of ways, I can attest to that. Once I have forgiven certain people that have truly betrayed me. I'm the one that's free. I'm going to give you a prime example. So. One of the things that I do. Um, well, no, I can't really give you that example because, <laughs> okay. So career wise, there was a situation where I was in a position to adhere to policy and procedure. A name came across my desk. And it was a person that I was acquainted with. Because I was acquainted with this individual. It would have been if I did not operate in integrity. Easy for me to pretend like I didn't know what the policies and procedures were. But I didn't pretend I followed them nevertheless. But by my following those policies and procedures, it created friction between me and that individual. Because of who the individual was, they were under the impression that I could just do this thing. No big deal. Because it's them. But I operate as pissed as I possibly can with integrity. So I followed the policies and the procedure. Fast forward, it became someone else's responsibility in terms of whether or not they were going to follow the policies and procedures. In other words, it was out of my hands at a certain point. And so once or later on, after the decision had been made, everything was processed 
and our paths crossed. And I could feel the tension. You know, they call it the elephant in the room. I could feel the elephant in the room. Now, the easy thing to do would have been to allow the elephant to just be in the room. But I decided to acknowledge this individual, even though this individual was intentionally not acknowledging me because of how the whole situation unfolded. I have been in situations where the offender, the person who offended me, you would think that I would be the one having the attitude that they're having, which I think is really hilarious. But anyway, and I'm sure some of y'all can relate to that. You're the one that really should be offended. You're the one that really should have your nose up in the air. And yet you end up being the adult in the situation and take, you know, just pretty much carrying yourself like you should as if nothing is wrong, even if you know it's a whole lot wrong. So I literally just, you know, went on and addressed the individual as if what had transpired just weeks ago had not transpired. Because at the end of the day, I was simply doing my job. And when I'm doing my job, it doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how much you make (laughs) a year. It doesn't matter how many people you know. When I'm doing my job, I have to do my job. Knowing you personally has nothing to do with what I'm doing professionally. You know how they always say, don't mix business with pleasure or don't. You got to be able to separate the two. You got to be able to take care of your business or take care of the business without the emotions getting all up entangled into it. Because then if your emotions get entangled in the job, it is no longer a job. It turns into something different. So that... I guess you could say attitude or that perception or that take on things has kind of helped me to maneuver through people having attitude with me or feeling indifferent towards me. Half the time I know it, but I'm not going to treat them how they feel about me. It's operating in forgiveness on a regular basis. It's almost like having forgiveness on autopilot. It's a muscle that you got to exercise time in, day in, day out, day in, day out to the point that it becomes second nature for you. And then there's the offense. Okay, you're quick to forgive. And sometimes you may not be quick. it, It may be a process. You may have to talk it out. You may have to put the cards on the table, so to speak. You may have to address it. You may have to address the elephant in the room and deal with it and then process the information that you receive and then make a conscious decision of if I opt to forgive you, what is forgiveness going to look like for me? And how is it that I'm able to forgive you going forward and not throw this up every chance I get when I'm upset? Because that's a part of forgiveness, too forgetting is a part of forgiveness. And a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it that way. How could I ever forget? Well, that's a part of forgiveness. 
So it does take a certain level of, I'm going to say maturity for the lack of a better word. It takes a level of maturity to be able to operate in forgiveness on a daily basis. But you got to start with forgiving yourself. And then it, the more you practice forgiving yourself in certain things that you may do or not do correctly, then it becomes easier for you to forgive someone else because you start to put yourself in their shoes. And when you put yourself in their shoes and you ask the question, would I want to be treated the way that I'm treating this individual right now? And if the answer is no, then you have your answer. Let me not do this then. Let me handle it this way. I may not like what they did to me. I may not even like how they went about telling me. But where can I find that place to forgive? How can I convey to them, this is what you did. This is how it made me feel. And if you do it again, this is where boundaries come in. If you do it again, this, our friendship is over. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I was having a conversation with, I don't even know who it was because I have so many conversations, but I was having a conversation with someone and I was telling her that, um, I said, it's, it kind of, now that I'm older, I wish that I would have known when I was growing up how important setting boundaries was. I said, because if I would have known what I know now, I would have started my friendships off by saying, if you look at my man sideways, girl, it's a wrap. You don't be, I don't, we don't do where you're messing with my man behind my back, flirting with him in my press. We're not going to do that. He's off limits. If I would have known what I know now, I would have been creating those boundaries. If you look at my homegirl any other way than platonically, you and I are over. If you're curious about that, you can't be with this. My dialogue would have been different growing up had I known what I know now. But I didn't know. I learned. I learned how to pay closer attention to people's body language, to how they respond to each other. I learned over going through all that I went through. Okay, girl, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to open up your eyes. You, you, you can't be, uh-uh, uh-uh. Pay attention. Pay attention. We're in class. Class is now in session. <laughs> I learned a lot. Okay. Ooh, Lord Jesus. I learned so much. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so be quick to forgive yourself. But this is just my opinion. We have to practice forgiveness. Practice makes perfect. And not saying that we're going to always make a hundred, but at the same time, if we plan on having longevity in our relationships, if we plan on meeting our future spouse at the altar in our white dresses, ladies, forgiveness has got to play a part So I hope that this episode has encouraged someone. 
Whew. Well, but wherever you are, please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.